You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com, the largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Glenn Naughton and Alex Barallo. Good evening, Jets fans. I am Glenn Norton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And um, like many other Jets fans, I'm, I myself am speechless at the moment, uh, which, isn't, which isn't the greatest combination when you're about to speak for an hour, uh, perhaps more. But um, listen, as you all know, the the 0 and 13 New York Jets flew out to Los Angeles to take on the the what was it nine and four Rams, the number one defense in the NFL, 17 point underdogs. It was it was a lock to lose that football game. Nobody in their right mind picked the Jets to even compete. I said it was going to be a 38-point loss. And what happens? The New York Jets walk in and play what is easily their best game of the year. Sam Darnold. Listen, there's, there are a lot of people, oh, big deal, he threw for 200 yards. 202 yards, yes, against the best defense in the NFL, despite the fact that his guards couldn't block anyone. Tackles did a nice job. Elfling was a disaster in pass protection. But listen, I said, well, I've, I've said a few times, but I, I said last week specifically, and if you're not on the forums at JetNation.com, go to JetNation.com, log in, join the forums, best Jets, best NFL message board on on the web. So I said last week that watching Sam Darnold, I went back and watched his first game as a pro, the Detroit win. And I said, you're seeing Sam Darnold do things that he, he no longer does. He looked better game one, day one in the NFL than he has all year this year. And what did I say? He looked decisive. The ball was coming out quick, on target, used his legs to buy time, used his legs to gain yards, made accurate throws on the run. These are the things we saw from him in his NFL debut. And I said, we don't see those things anymore. And we saw all of those things on Sunday. It was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So a win that moves the Jets who were in the driver's seat to select Trevor Lawrence, they are now in no man's land. And listen, this isn't just Jets fans who understand the ramifications here. Albert Breer, Monday Monday morning quarterback, I saw something he did a few minutes ago. He said this Jets win may have set the franchise back 15 years. Think about that. Now, 15 may be extreme. But it certainly sets them back three, four, five years. 
for all you, for everyone who's enjoying this win. This win that that means they you know very one. They're locked into number two with the Bengals win over the Steelers last night. But you just lost Trevor Lawrence. And I, I've calmed down quite a bit. I, I have to tell you, I was losing my damn mind for those first, those first couple days. Up until sort of this afternoon, I've settled down a little bit. But that doesn't change the fact that the Jets found a way to screw this up. And I'm not, listen, I'm not mad at the players. Let's get a couple things out of the way right now. I've said all along, tank, no tank, whatever. The players aren't tanking. Nobody in their right mind goes out and does their best to make it as easy as possible for their employer to replace them if they value their job. Of course the players are going to play hard. You're going to get, look, all you lunatics attacking the players. I see people going after Makai Becton's mother on Twitter. Give me a damn break. I don't think I've been this pissed off as a fan in 20 years. I'm not going on social media to attack a player's mom. Grow up. Goddamn priorities of life straight. Blasting a player's mother. Give me a damn break. Getting mad at the players. Oh, I can't believe you guys went out and won. Listen, I'll give you a pass if you're 12 or 13 years old. And you don't get it. Like, you kind of don't really get how life works at this point. If you're a grown-up, and you're sitting there pissed off that an NFL player went out and busted his ass, there's a good chance you're not doing the same in your daily life. Getting upset that someone who makes a boatload of money went out and didn't mail it in. That being said, This is absolutely infuriating, this win. Uh, for people, oh, I'm so glad. I got, we get to celebrate a win this year. Yeah, yeah, set the franchise back several years, three, four, five, six years, who knows. Trevor Lawrence is viewed as a day one, plug-and-play, ready-to-roll quarterback. Now you lose out on him, now you got to go with a project. And listen, plenty. There's look, look, look at the whether it's the draft Knicks or the insiders or the beat writers. It's all over the place now. The, the Jets now have to decide: Do you roll with Sam Darnold and build around him, or do you draft his replacement at two? And I honestly don't know the answer. Because, listen, I've been saying all along, I said it the day before the game. Did a podcast for a Rams site. They gave me a call. I came on. We talked a little bit. They said, are you Sam Darnold done? My answer to them was, he's 22 years old. 
he's coachable, and he's got a moron for a head coach. I don't know what the hell is going to happen with it. Listen, he's been bad. There's no getting away from it. But if you ask me, and I've said it a million times, if you listen to the show, you know my take. The regression is, is ridiculous. He looked better in his first 10, 15 NFL games than he has in his last 10, 15 NFL games. He has gotten worse. Now, if you're Joe Douglas and you go out and let's say you hire Todd Monken, as I've said many times, he's my top choice. Let's say the Jets hire Todd Monken and they, and Todd Monken says, look, I can fix this kid. I'm not an idiot. I'm not Adam Gase. I can get Sam Donald to play at a high level. Well, then, then you rule out a quarterback. And, and that's why it's silly to speculate right now. What are the Jets going to do? What's Joe Douglas going to do? What does ownership want to do? Listen, whoever comes in to coach this team is going to have some say. And maybe they'll be wrong. Maybe someone comes in and says, I can fix Sam, and they can't. And Sam doesn't get better. But speculating on what they'll do, I think that's just silly. Now, you want to talk about what, what their options are and why they should look at each one? Listen, my biggest concern, or I, the thing that concerns me as much as Sam Donald's regression, is, is the fact that he can't stay healthy. Do you really want to get into hanging on to a guy who you control for two more years? You're going to have to pick up the 50-year option. That's going to be a 20-plus million-dollar price tag for a guy who might play 11 or 12 games and might not play them at a high level. That, to me, is what makes it what makes me lean toward. If, if I had a guess, if I had to put money on what the Jets are going to do right now today, my guess would be the Jets say, look, we can't pay Sam this type of money to miss time and play poorly. He may come around. He may not. That's too big of a gamble to miss out on, you know, player X. If they think there's a quarterback at two who's worth it, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But, you know, if you're the owner, do you want to guarantee 20-some 20, 20 million for a guy who can't stay on the field and for a guy who's been bad more often than he's been good? I, I completely could not blame the Jets if they said no to that. And if they take Justin Fields at two, or Zach Wilson at two, are those guys worth that, though? And if you look at that top ten, of course teams can trade up. But if you look at that top ten, there's not a lot of teams that need a quarterback. There really aren't. Maybe the Falcons with Matt Ryan get a little long in the tooth. But the Bengals, Bengals have their guy. And that's, that, that's if I'm the Jets, that's where I'm looking. I'm looking at the Bengals, and I tweeted this out after the Jets won that game. If I'm the Jets, you know that the Cincinnati Bengals want to get their own version of Makai Becton to protect Joe Burrow. So they want Penny Sewell, you would imagine. Maybe, maybe they don't. They're the Bengals. Maybe they don't. But you would imagine they want that guy. I mean, there, there's already, I think it was Kuiper, said Penny Sewell is a Hall of Fame talent. Now, granted, Kuiper, take it with a grain of salt. But the bottom line here is that the general consensus is that this kid is a franchise left tackle. I'm going to call the Bengals if I'm the Jets, and I'm going to say, look, 
we we are more than happy to take Penny Sewell and put him at right tackle and pair him with Makai Becton for the next 10, 15 years. Absolutely no problem doing that. And that is what we will do unless you come with a with a package that makes it worth our while to move down. And now maybe the Bengals say, look, we'll take the next best tackle at three. We're not going to give you, you know, a couple of firsts and a second and a couple of thirds or whatever it might be. We're not going to give you that to move up one spot. And that's fine. Then the Jets say, okay. They take Sewell and they move forward. But then you're building around Arnold. I mean, you could bring in a veteran. You you know, what, Marcus Mariota? You're going to bring him in? The, The list of veteran quarterbacks available is not pretty, folks. But who I would bring in if I'm building around Arnold, and I made this point a few weeks ago, and I've said it once or twice since then, uh, Josh McCown. Get Josh McCown in here if you're keeping Sam Darnold and let him be his personal coach, QB coach, caddy, <clears throat> whatever you want to call it. Don't don't let him leave Sam Darnold's side. But this, this is the dilemma Joe Douglas has right now. Do you stick with Darnold? And as, as I, I said earlier, I listened to a little bit of Albert Breer. Excuse me. <clears throat> listened to a little bit of Albert Breer, and, and that was his opinion. Breer just kind of said, look, this has to be an option on the table for the Jets. It has to be. But um, they have a few options, and we're going we're gonna to discuss some of those right now with our, our very own Dylan Terriman. Dylan, how are we doing? Hey, Glenn, I'm doing well. Good, good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not. A lot of Jets fans aren't. Um, so, so share with us your thoughts here, Dylan. The New York Jets. Um, and by the way, this this victory was the largest point spread that saw the Jets get a win as 17 point underdogs uh, since Super Bowl three, when they were 18 point underdogs. I mean, this this stuff just does not happen. Um, but of course, because it's the Jets, it does happen. So Dylan, what are your thoughts on the win? What are your thoughts of very, very likely being out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes? And what are you thinking if you're Joe Douglas right now? Well, my thoughts on the game, feelings towards the game. Uh, we've had 48 hours now to digest it. I kind of wanted to know Adam Gates' 24-hour coach rule that he broke a few weeks back. And as a fan, I absolutely broke that rule. I held on to this way longer than 24 hours and still holding on to it 48 hours later. I'm kind of trying to cope with it at this point. I'm not happy with it. I'm very happy, you know, that the players got to win. Some of the coaches got to win. I'm happy for them, especially the rookie players. I'm very happy they got their first NFL win, but for for fans that think like me for the past, I don't know, 14 weeks that Trevor Lawrence was going to land in the lap of the Jets, this is a, a real hard pill to swallow. Yeah, it really is. And and one thing, you know, that, that, that that's come out after the game, and I, Dylan, I said at the top, I don't begrudge the players for winning. I, I don't expect these guys Absolutely to go out and, and try to lose so that uh, make it easier ha- for the team. Hats off to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They've they've continued to play hard. They you know, 
this show that takes a lot of pride. You know, maybe maybe from this point they laid out. Maybe they just said, Jesus Christ, our one goal this year is we don't want to be one of the three or four teams in the history of the NFL to go winless. Maybe they went balls to the wall this week, and uh, and now they come out flat the next couple of weeks and get stomped. Which whatever, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, right. But w- what I didn't like. Um, and I'm not even putting this on Makai Becton because I don't, and I could be wrong. I'm just guessing here. Um, it sounded very PR like, cause listen, the Jets aren't, uh, the Jets know fans are pissed off about this. Um, and they also know that right now Makai Becton is, is the apple of our eye. He, he's the guy that Jets fans look at as like the future, uh, the can't miss guy. So Makai Becton comes out after the game and says, anybody who, who wants us to lose is not a real fan. And I'm like, that that shit right there, like I get it, Makai. Like you're a player, you want to win. I totally get that. Congratulations, I'm glad you got a win for you personally. But but to tell fans who have been watching this team stink up the joint for much for me personally, Dylan. I don't know how long you've been a fan. I don't, for me, I'm on year 34 right now. Like I got 34 years as a fan, and God forbid, like. So wanting to win more than one game next year means you're not a real fan. Like it, to be thrilled about one in fifteen. And listen, maybe the Jets will print out some T-shirts. Maybe maybe at the home opener next year they do a ceremony for the win. I don't know. I mean they seem pretty <laughs> excited about this. Adam Gase, who has been was an offensive coordinator, he carried Peyton Manning's golf clubs when the Broncos went to the Super Bowl. Uh, Henry Anderson, who's been – these guys are saying, I've never been a part of anything like this. This win was like nothing I've ever seen before. You, you would think they were talking about their fourth straight Super Bowl win. This team is fired up about a, a one win the way you get fired up about big-time postseason victories. But to sit there – and like I said, I, I would have no doubt that, that Jets PR or somebody in the organization was like, hey, Makai, when, when you go out to meet the media – they're going to, because everyone knows, they're going to ask you oh, how yeah. you feel about, you know, the fans being upset about losing out on Trevor Lawrence. Take a shot at those fans and tell them that they're not real fans because they want to be better next year. Tell them that they should be, you know, t- tell them they should be doing backflips with Adam Gase and Henry Anderson over going 1-15. And Makai yeah, exactly. did, and I get it. You know, he works for the team, sure, I'll go out there, yeah. I'm happy for the win, and if uh, if you don't like one in fifteen, you're not a real fan, dude. Stop it, just stop. stop. Yeah. Listen. For me, like I said, thirty-four years. Listen, I live like four thousand miles away. I, I I spend thousands of dollars to go to one, maybe two games a year, because I got to buy a damn plane ticket to get out there. I got to pay for hotels when I'm out there. And if I'm flying that far, I'm not sitting in the damn nosebleeds. I'm buying premium tickets to go to one game, two if I'm lucky. And I'm not going to lie. It makes me a huge dumbass. And I have no one to blame for it but myself. Like, I know <laughs> that I am a fan of one of the most embarrassing teams in sports. That year after year after year, minus the odd playoff appearance sprinkled in, the team sucks. And the money I again, how many fans spend three, four thousand dollars to go to one fucking game? 
Don't give me this, they you're don't. not a real fan bullshit. Because I'm not happy with one in 15. Because I'm not doing backflips yeah. at, at it, yeah, one in 15. I, it's, it's also kind of coincidental, I think, that they chose the six foot eight, 370 pounder to come out and say it as well. I mean, there's plenty of Jets players that speak after the games, you know. They could have had, you know, maybe a Marcus May come out and say that, and I think Jets fans would have just scoffed at it. But I think they wanted to have somebody that's going to be on the team for the future come out exactly. and say that. And, and like and you he, said, you've been, a fan for, you've been a fan for 34 years, and he's 21 years old. So, like, for him 14 weeks, 15 weeks into the season to, like, understand what the fans have actually gone through. I haven't been a fan for 34 years. I'm only 25 years old, so I've been a fan, you know, just under 20 years. And I've seen it enough times where this is, this is a pick that could change the trajectory of this franchise for the next 10 years. And even if it's the next five years, I think all of the Jets fans in the world would take five years of good football knowing that Trevor Lawrence was coming to the Jets. Yeah, and, and I saw that um... – Dennis Wozniak of the Associated Press, a friend of the show. We get him on every now and then. We'll probably get him on soon. Uh, You know, he tweeted out that ownership is aware of how upset the fans are. And this, this again, this may have been – this was probably given to him by someone with the team just to get the message out to the fans. Like, look, we get it. Mm -hmm. Um, Ownership knows how upset the fans are. The goal is to never be in this position again. Listen, the goal should always be to not be in this position. But they're always it's in every this position. Yeah. How many how many goddamn years of top ten picks? Like, yep. okay, you don't want to even be if there. the Fantastic. record, yeah, even if the record isn't exactly one and fifteen or you know two and fourteen, yeah. three so and thirteen, whatever 12. the Jets end. But we're picking top twelve, top to ten every single year, and it just gets nauseating to know that even if we're in the top half of the draft, we're still not in the range to land that quarterback. That is franchise changing and we thought we had it three years ago with Sam Darnold and then year one was his best year and it's kind of been a downhill slide ever since sure you can blame Adam Gates but fault has to land on Darnold too like this is just unacceptable at this point Jalen Hurts came in as a second round rookie this year in Philadelphia with arguably less weapons than the Jets have and he's winning and competing in every single game so there's just no more excuses for me at this point well, it, you know, we're, we're going to find out about Sam Darnold when he goes to his next team, uh, if he goes to a team, with, you know, as I've said, if he yep. goes to, like, the Bucks with Bruce Arians or the Saints with Sean Payton, if he sucks under one of those guys, then it's like, all right, he sucks. Um, but I, yep. I still think at, at 22 years old, um, with a good head on his shoulders, uh, I'm, not, I'm not ready to write the kid off. But that, that's neither here nor there. As I said, no. you, can't pay, you can't pay an injury-prone player the type of money it's going to take to keep him around if you exercise that 50-year option. Exactly. But, but getting, Which, uh, right getting, before I called in, I, I looked up that exact number, um, and I only got a rough estimate on what that number would be. But it's around $25 million to pay Sam yeah. Arnold a 50-year option. And exactly. I don't know how many Jets fans feel confident in paying somebody $25 million that hasn't really done too much recently or in the long term for this team. Yeah, and listen, it's just I, I want to get back to the whole the, uh, the, the Jets don't want to be here. You know, this isn't where they want mm-hmm. it to be. Um, to say that, 
I know we kind of touched on it already, but to say that and sort of imply that, that this is a rarity, like, oh, wow, look, we're not very good. Right. Our goal is to one day be good. Like, no shit. Yeah. Of course you this don't want to be This is a rarity to here. Joe Douglas. Like, this who, is a rarity to Joe that? Douglas, who, and that's it. What fan, what fan reads that message and goes, oh, great news. The Jets don't want to suck after this year. Yeah, of course. Copy and paste and it every it, single year. How is it that and, – and I, Dylan, I say it all the damn time. I'm going to say it again. I get that I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a dopey blogger. I don't know the game inside and out the way these coaches do. But I knew Adam Gase was a shitty hire. Absolutely. I, I, that, when I everybody saw knew that floated, one. When I saw oh. his name floated – my exact response was, this is a favor to Adam Gase's agent from Albert Breer, because Breer, I believe, was the guy who broke it, that the Jets were interviewing Gase, and I said, there is no way they're hiring that dumbass. This is a favor. Albert Breer owes Adam Gase's agent the favor, so he's floating his name. Not even the Jets are stupid enough to hire a guy who got fired three minutes ago for being a complete yep. failure in Miami. And, and what did they and do? And then he woos over Christopher Johnson. Yep, he goes they into the meeting and he dumbass. woos over Christopher Johnson. Yep. They tell Matt Rule to take a hike. They tell Todd <sighs> Monken to take a hike. And they bring in Adam friggin' Gase, who has been um, – I thought he was going to suck. He has been a million times worse than I thought he would be. He really has. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I thought, at the very least, I said, well, he sucks. But at least he's an upgrade over Todd Bowles. And the reason I believe that is because I watched Adam Gase's offenses kick Todd Bowles' ass. What, four out of two? Was he four and two against Todd Bowles? So I thought, okay, he can at least draw up a little something. He'll, he'll kind of have a clue. We're not going to be as bad exactly. as we were under Bowles. And every, every goddamn coach, you keep saying, well, can't get worse. And they, they, they like the last three, four guys. They get worse and worse than the guy before them. It's unbelievable. And for this team to have their top young player come out and tell fans that they're not real fans if they're not satisfied with one in 15. And they, should, and they, they shouldn't want Trevor Lawrence. And listen, the shit with, oh, why do people keep saying he's the next Andrew Luck? What did Andrew Luck ever win? Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck almost got, he had deep playoff runs a year or two after the Colts didn't win a single freaking game, or they go like 1-15 or 2-14, and 14, whatever it was, Andrew Luck was a difference of seven or eight games by himself. Oh, yeah, easily, yep. He played on a terrible team and got his goddamn neck broken. Pardon yeah, him if, he played not... under, if he played behind that offensive line now, he'd be, you know, consistent all-pro, Pro Bowl-type quarterback, like he was Absolutely. even when he retired getting hit. So Absolutely. That guy was a friggin' stud. This obsession with that guy never won a Super Bowl. That guy never. So, listen, I hate Dan Marino as much as any decent American does. But you're going to tell me Dan Marino wasn't a great quarterback? But Trent Dilfer was. If you have the chance to draft a Dan Marino, you take that over a chance to draft a Trent Dilfer. Right. Absolutely. You're going to take, take, uh, 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 what is it, Brad Johnson over over Dan Marino? Because Brad Johnson won a ring. You're going to take Dilfer? I don't think so. Dan Marino was a great player. Andrew Luck was a great player. These people that get so damn obsessed with, oh, yep. what did he ever win? 
Are you kidding me? That guy's numbers were ridiculous. He brought that team from the depths of, of they were trash. And he shows up and they're an immediate contender. Yep. If they would have built around hey. him the way we expect the Jets to build around the next quarterback, then you're in business. Go ahead, Bill. Exactly. No, I was just going to say that, you know, the draft is always a gamble, but I mean, Trevor Lawrence answers one of the biggest questions this franchise has had, and that's who is the quarterback for the next three years. I don't even think they could answer the question of who is the quarterback for the next two years, because I don't think it's Sam Darnold. It's most certainly not Joe Flacco. We highly doubt we'll see James Morgan anytime soon. So, I mean, if, if these uh, fans, you know, specifically, or even Joe Douglas want to roll with Sam Darnold, what happens if he stinks in 2021? Do you clean house then? I think I personally think Joe Douglas should be on the chopping block or his feet should be getting a little warm if he rolls with Darnold in 2021 and Darnold stinks and we pick top five again. Well, I mean, listen, if it all depends on what, you know, what, first of all, it's going to depend on how his draft classes are looking. Um, that's going to be a big thing. But listen, if they right. sit down and talk and, and they say, you know, to Chris Johnson, listen, uh, we honestly don't feel like Fields or any of the other guys are any better than Sam at this point. At least Sam has some years behind him. And, and if they sort of paint an accurate picture and let Chris Johnson decide if he's the one willing to let them take the chance and say, listen, Sam might come out next year and suck. And if he does, then we'll get a quarterback. Another quarter, The best quarterback in next year will be top two, three, or four. Even if we got to trade up, we'll get the damn quarterback next year. But let's, let's give it one more go with Sam, with an offensive head coach who, who knows what the hell he's doing, with even more protection. Because, I mean, listen, I, I, Dylan, I go out of my – I've taken a lot of heat over the years from, from my fellow Jets fans for being too optimistic. And I, I probably am. And it's because this team always sucks, and it's so easy. Yep, that's me as well. To, it's so easy to be so negative and rip everything and every move because you're always right. Because the way these arguments go, like you can say this player is going to suck. And then when you're wrong, these negative assholes, they just fall back on, well, how many rings did he win? It's like, well, that wasn't the mm-hmm. conversation. You know, like I've, I've had, you know, you can say, you know, Robbie Anderson, for example. I liked Robbie from the day he was signed as an undrafted free agent. I said I thought he was the most interesting guy in the class and he could make the team. And that was when they had Decker and Marshall. They had depth there. And, and I would get into these arguments with people. And when you're right and you're right again and you're right, and when, when you're positive and you're right about something, they'll just fall back on, well, it's all about the rings and he never won a ring, so I was right. And it's like, no, yep. it, it, that's, a, that's a load of garbage. Yep. But it, it's so easy to be negative. And I try to be positive even when there's so much, you know, everyone else around me is being negative about this team. I'll call them out when they suck. Like, take right now, for example. Um, but the, I've, I'm only at the point now, you know, what are we, like 72 hours removed from the game, 50 hours, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to hear a goddamn word of optimism for the last two days. Oh, but we no. do this. We, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't care. I don't care, I don't care what quarterback's going to fall. I don't care about Penny Sewell. This team just, they, you know, they screw themselves royally um, by losing out on Trevor Lawrence. But, as I said, today, I've calmed down a little bit, take a deep breath, understand that the team being absolute garbage is part of being a Jets fan. That's my decision as an adult to stick with these piles of garbage. That's what I do. 
So there are some ways this could so work out. So we can out. do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There, I feel well, like listen, I, if, as, a, only, as a Jets fan, there's – sorry. Go ahead. No, it's fine. I was going to say the only other alternative is walking away, and I'll tell you what, I don't blame anyone who exactly. does. Any no, fan absolutely not. Like, I, was, I was literally going to say the same thing. If you don't have optimism about the Jets, what do you have that is keeping you attached to this team? Because yeah, not, not reality. If there's nothing to reality look forward to. They're just go pick, go pick a winner, I guess. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. If you're, yeah, if you're that miserable up. about the Jets, right. I've, don't, I've don't watched the Jets for enough years. Right, exactly. I've watched the Jets for enough years where I've had to force myself into watching college football more. I was never really a big college football fan, but the past five years, I've seen how this Jets team is. So I say, hey, let me get ahead of the curve. Let me go watch some college football, get a real look at these players before they come in so I know what the team's investing in. And, and truthfully, it, five years later, I'm still doing the same thing, looking at prospects because this team sucks. And there's nothing and else we can do about it but be optimistic. This year, this year you're, looking at the, you're, you're looking forward to the draft week two. This oh, has been yeah. the longest if you, if, season yep. ever. I can't remember yep, the last time okay. I was 100% convinced it was going to be a disaster of a season, and it was week two. Absolutely yep. nuts, but that's what this season yep. has been. It's been the longest, worst season I've lived through as a Jets fan. And, again, the negativity is easy. I try to be positive, but it, it, took, it took, you know, 48, 50, however many hours, 55 hours, till I could stop, take a deep breath, and look at some of the positives, uh, the, you know, the situation they're in. And one of them – and, and this is a debatable one, and, and I'm curious for your opinion here, Dylan. I keep seeing everybody mm-hmm. saying, what a, what a great first draft Joe Douglas had. And listen, compared no. to past GMs, it, it is a great draft because he got more than one good player. Um, yeah, and, sure. And maybe I'm being a little hard on Joe Douglas because of the fact that, and again, this, this, this is part of my optimism. I try to find the good in every draft pick. Why might this mm-hmm. work? Why might this be a good idea? Where can this guy fit? Let's look at the ceiling and not the floor. I want to be optimistic. But when he took James Morgan where he did, if he would have taken him around later, I probably would have been fine with it. But LaMichael Pirine and James Morgan, to me, on the day of the draft, I was like, what the hell are you doing here? What is this? Yep. And now, and listen, it's early. I get it. We've said it before. But Jabari Zuniga, that dude – he might go on to be the best player in team history. I don't know. But right now, he is invisible. He is the ghost. Yep. He's on the field, and you don't even see him. I don't know what the yep. deal is. I've, yet, I've not seen one rep from him where I go, oh, okay, I, I get why they took him. I see what, I, I see what he did there. He, he either gets zero push or he gets knocked on his ass. I, I've seen nothing from him. So Zuniga has shown nothing, but in fairness, very limited rep. <clears throat> But Michael Pirine is a damn a running back. You, there were starting offensive linemen 2020 mm-hmm. right now today starting good starting offensive linemen and good starting wide receivers still on the board. And you took a third-string running back who becomes a two when you get rid of Le'Veon Bell. He's done nothing that makes me think, okay, he's special. I see why they passed on a starting lineman or a starting receiver for this backup running back. And, and look, I yep. hope everyone these guys proves me wrong. I hope they're all great. But Aston Davis, eh, okay. 
Jabari Zuniga, nothing. LaMichael Pirine, looks like any other running back I've ever seen. James Morgan, not going to play. Cam Clark, my favorite pick of the draft. It wasn't a high, you know, a premium pick. Love the pick. Can't get on the field. And, and listen, he got some first-team reps this week. It's entirely possible they didn't want to say, hey, uh, welcome to the NFL. Here's Aaron Donald. Maybe they didn't want to do that. Maybe this year he gets sure. this week to get the start. Remains to be seen. But, I mean, is Joe Douglas against and, Miles and, and Garrett? Uh, well, I'm, again, Garrett's going to be, you know, I think. Right. They also have I think uh, Ogan, Joby, and others, but of course. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. I got you. But no, do you think Joe Douglas is getting too easy of a time from Jets fans? I absolutely do. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think his draft class was bad, but I also don't think it was what it's been hyped up to be. I know Daniel Jeremiah keeps alluding to it in the media saying that he has good draft picks behind him and all this stuff. But realistically, we've only seen, what, three in an expanded amount of reps in Mekhi Becton, Denzel Mims, and a punter, Braden Mann. And arguably, Braden Mann's been the best defensive draft pick he's had. I know Bryce Hall had the, the interception this week, but Braden Mann has made four touchdown-saving tackles, including one that probably sealed the game for the Jets this week. I know. So How crazy I don't, that, I don't exactly – it's, it's crazy to think that a punter is going to keep us from potentially landing a Trevor Lawrence-type <laughs> prospect. Oh, just, oh my God. You, you can't write it. I, I, I posted a meme on Twitter of a man coming up behind another man, hitting him in the head with a pipe, and everything in the picture was labeled the Jets, and it was just absolutely so accurate. Like, the yeah. Jets just screw themselves over and over and over again. And I just – I truly don't think fans will realize it until three years down the road when I'm writing up my prospect profile on Spencer Rattler saying how the Jets should probably draft him in the first round of the 2024 draft. Yeah, you know, you mentioned and college football got me thinking. You know what I should do? I don't – being from – you know, even though I moved around a lot, being from the city, being, you know, from the Bronx, I never – I never – felt an affiliation with a football team, a college football team, because it's just right. not a big thing in the city. Um, years later, when I moved to Florida for a little bit, I tried to, I tried to become a Florida State fan back in the, the, mm. the Peter Bowl where Raynard Wilson, Warwick, you, God, you probably weren't even born back then, um, you know, <laughs> back with those guys. Uh, I just couldn't get into it. I really should. I should. I have no affiliation or loyalty to any college team. I should become an Ohio Neither State or an, or an or an Alabama fan, so I can enjoy myself at some point during football season and uh, and root yep. for a team that wins from time to time uh, and has Five higher years standards. Ago, I hitched than... my bandwagon to Clemson. So yeah, see there you go. I watched you I know watched just... Deshaun Watson lead a touchdown drive against Alabama, and ever since then I was like, you know what, I like Clemson. And then three years later, I ended up moving an hour away from Clemson. So that's really well, all there you go. around here is is the Tigers. So. So you have an even closer yeah, I mean, uh, attachment with uh, with Trevor Lawrence, of course. Oh yeah, when when absolute strangers see me in a Clemson shirt and just say, "Oh, that Trevor Lawrence kid, he's something special," it's like, yeah, I understand that. I'm hoping that he comes to my team. Like, yeah, it's, it's a franchise changing like player, and as much as you know, a Fields, a Lance, or a Wilson is good. I haven't really dived like gotten into them much, but I mean. Trevor Lawrence is just special, man. I mean, Joe Burrow had that crazy year last year, but Trevor Lawrence still had a crazy year last year, too. People just 
it's 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 not said enough, but it is said enough if that if that makes any sense about Trevor Lawrence about just how special he really can be. He's just yeah, well, with at this point. I that's that's the thing, man. It's um you know the, <clears throat> the kid's probably <laughs> excuse me, he's probably going to end up in Jacksonville. But I, I said earlier today, it's going to be hilarious. Uh, Jets fans were like setting ourselves on fire all week, and uh, and if if the uh, right. Jaguars. If the Jaguars come out and beat the Bears on Sunday, we're just gonna be like, oh, okay, all right, that's cool, we're back, we're good. Everybody, um, yeah, everybody's gonna go back to woo, cheery again, and yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, gonna, it all it's gonna be like this, I mean, Jets fans it's gonna be are, like this week never happened. Exactly, it was just a complete anomaly, and I mean, you've seen it already. Jets fans have bought their Trevor Lawrence jerseys, and they've made it their Twitter picture. You know, Trevor Lawrence in a Jets jersey, and I've. We, we've we seen it enough. Don't jump the gun until they have the pick locked in. I mean, I watch the Clemson games live because they're local. I like the team. But I haven't watched any film on Trevor Lawrence because I knew this day was going to come. I watched a little bit of Justin Fields uh, on my way home from work today, including the three-interception game against Indiana. And, I mean, I'm not greatly impressed. I do think he could be better than Darnold. But then again, he's not Trevor Lawrence. So it's just it's very heartbreaking to see this potential slip away when the the Jets just really needed it the most. And I don't think Jacksonville is a better franchise by any means. They have an oh, opening at GM. No. They have, have you, they have, have a potential been to Jacksonville? opening at coach. No, oh. I've never been to Florida in general, oh. but I've never heard one good story about Jacksonville or Florida. That's not to say, you know, hey, Trevor Lawrence is on Dan Patrick and said he likes playing in the warm weather climates. He said he couldn't. Uh, imagine playing for a team and having their games from October on being cold. And I was like, well, you know, you might fit well in Jacksonville. There's also no state tax, but mm-hmm. it's also not the, the best place in the state that it is in. So, I mean, who knows what's really to come there. They have a GM opening, a head coach potential opening. It could turn around, but I don't necessarily think it's a better franchise than the Jets. No, no. Listen, Jacksonville is one of those places where the most exciting thing to do is leave. Um, but that's where Trevor <laughs> yeah. Lawrence might be going, and that's fine, you know. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah. BYU plays in, in about a half hour on ESPN. So, Jets fans, if you're not sold on Darnold and a little sad about Trevor Lawrence, tune in on ESPN to watch Zach Wilson because he's gaining some steam. I haven't gotten into him much at all because, again, I'm waiting for the final pick to – be locked in. I've watched mid, <clears throat> mid and late first round guys, but I haven't watched many of the quarterbacks except for Justin Fields a little bit last night. So, but I hear Zach Wilson can be, he can be good. He's a little dicey with his decision making, but yeah, I think I heard um, he kind of he he showed up on the radar sort of five six weeks ago. All of a sudden, he was all over yep. my timeline. All these evaluators. Uh, yep. You know, draft guys like this guy's a top five quarterback. He's going to be a top ten pick, and you know, you start paying attention because of a situation like this. In case the Jets steal a win, um, so the Jets go to go to Los Angeles. They steal a win, and um, I'll tell you, I don't know if you saw Adam Gase's post game press conference, but uh, oh yeah, if, if, I, I had two main if, takeaways. If, if 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 I thought I couldn't dislike Adam Gase anymore, what a I mean, again, this is sort of the culture. You know, this is the Jets want fans to be happy with one in fifteen. You're a fake fan yep. if you don't like it. And uh, and Adam Gase with his smug, like here he is 
trotting out this dinosaur running back every week to average <laughs> yep. four and a half yards a carry. Oh, my goodness. He gets, he gets a six-yard reception in their only fucking win of the season, and Adam Jason is like, ha, lucky we had that Hall of now? Fame. Lucky we had that Hall of Fame running back out there to make that big play when we needed it. Dude, yep. are you kidding me? It's he a six-yard reception on a one-week wide team. open. And he wasn't the only person open. He Again, just happened to Adam be the closest person open. Game. Adam Gates is treating this game like it's a goddamn Super Bowl. Well, the line for, my, for everyone who wants to apologize to me for playing Frank Gore, <laughs> the line starts over there. I don't know how many yep. of you saw it, but uh, he did have a six-yard reception today. Real, something really no other player on the roster is capable of. It's that unique nope. skill set that Frank brings that he was able to turn around and face the quarterback and pull in a six-yard pass and fall backwards. Uh, and that's all because I'm a fucking genius. Yep. Give me a break. Meanwhile, he what ran 23 brick. times. Yeah, meanwhile, he ran 23 times for 59 yards, which is 2.6 yards a carry. Like, and hey, man, Gates week 15 was the time for him to show up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that dude, you would had me um, – my eyes were rolling so far in the back <laughs> of my head. And then, and then the comment when he said about how uh, Sean McVay called him first thing Monday morning, it was 7.15 East Coast time, so 4.15 on the West Coast. Yeah. He was like, oh, yeah. well. I'm surprised Sean McVay's up this early. I might as well. I bet you his are. Call. Like you're not, like you're not going to answer his call at the first ring because you're so happy it's him. And he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, Gase, you got your team playing real hard for you. Just keep fighting, keep grinding, you'll get a win." You know, yeah. he only said that because this is this is his audition now. From this yep. one on, he's going to say, "Hey, but look what I did. Come on, bring me in as a offensive consultant or any type of like you know coach, like some kind of position coach or anything." Just I'll be your get back guy. I'll hold you back on the sidelines when you get too far. Like, yeah, Gates is just re- clutching at straws. He's thinking with the ship, but he's also trying to jump off the ship as quickly as possible. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, I couldn't believe that. I was like, did this guy really just talk shit about a running back who averaged two and a half yards a carry because he caught a six yard <laughs> yeah. pass over the middle? I mean, yeah. Jesus I mean, Christ! Yeah, Ty Johnson had six catches in the game. You don't think he could have uh, caught a six yard pass? Exactly. They you need they needed a Hall of Fame running back. <laughs> they needed a Hall of Fame running back in the lineup to catch a six yard pass. Oh Jesus, the standards could not be lower for this coach and his players or this team. Fans should be happy yeah, with the, one win and the head coach is doing backflips over a six yard reception for a guy who's averaging two and a bit per carry. It's just, I'll tell you what, man, this team, I didn't sleep, dude. I didn't, they won that damn game. I couldn't no, sleep that night. No, it was very night. hard. Nope, I was, was like, I hard. cannot believe they just went out there Especially and beat for the Rams. Especially 4 o'clock kickoff. Yep. Yeah. They went out there and beat the yep, Rams. I was wired. And then Adam Gase, Adam Gase is, uh, is doing victory laps on Frank Gore's six-yard reception. It's just, it's again, uh, it you know, Someone reminded me the other day of uh, Greg McElroy said, you know, when he, the short time he was with the Jets, that it was a losing culture um, from oh, the yeah. top down. And that's definitely what it is. Um, go out I and mean, tell the When fans, Christopher Johnson gives a no playoff mandate after a 7-9 season for the third straight season of a no playoff mandate, 
I mean, you have to tip your hat at one in 13. I mean, come on, right? This is what yeah. we expected. Like, I mean, no, we expected the team to compete for the playoffs, especially in an expanded playoff bracket this year. Or just, How are listen, we not competing? Chris Johnson set the bar as low as humanly possible. And really, I, oh, I yeah. didn't have it. Listen, I was on board with it. It was like, look, just, I just want to see some improvement. Let's see, let's see seven, eight, nine wins. Even if you miss the postseason, I'm fine with that. Just give us reason to believe that next year you'll take that next step. And uh, not the case at all. Uh, a complete disaster. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, but listen, can I just uh, can I throw something inside note real ahead, quick as I'm as, as I'm I'm tuning into the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, and it looks like Nevada's going to pull out the win, and they dumped a Gatorade bucket of fries on their coach and just got a 15 oh, yard unsportsmanlike penalty because the fries encroached on the field. <laughs> oh my God, that's all right. That's see, that's something that I would think would happen to the Jets. That's absolutely exactly, ridiculous. Right? Uh, <laughs> French French fry flag. Good lord, that's yep. that's hilarious. That's oh, absolutely next hilarious. Touchdown. Next play touchdown for Tulane. That's hilarious too. That's oh, just, it means that's... nothing for the game, but geez, twenty twenty yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah, it's, listen, everything's crazy right now. Um, but but we'll wrap this up. I'm I'm not even going to do an hour. I mean, what what the hell is there to say? You went out there. Yeah. You won a game you weren't supposed to win. You set the franchise back a few years. Adam Gase is putting Frank Gore's six-yard reception on his resume for his next job. Uh, Mackay Ben and then the players the trolled the fans. Being upset. Yeah. Yep. And like I then said, the players I have trolled no the problem. fans on Twitter with all their wins and yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I don't mind them going on saying I'm proud of my teammates, proud of my guys. You stay. Of course. Great. Fine. Listen, you're you're a New York Jet, which means you haven't won a game in almost 400 days. Go ahead and celebrate. Yep. Fine. Uh, but the fake fan bullshit, that's got to go. Um, and like I said, Absolutely. I don't even blame Becton. I think that was the team asking him to do that. Um, yep. But anyway, moving on from there, Becton played great again. Uh, absolutely love what the guy brings. Quinn and Williams Such looked a like a monster again. John Franklin Myers looked excellent again. Bryce Hall with a fantastic interception and in return. First career interception. Congratulations to him. He had himself a really nice game. Marcus May, great pass breakup late in the game. Now, I'll tell you, that situation, and, and I said this on Twitter, listen, Jets fans, that, like, we're all pissed off about this. If we're going to be pissed off at anyone, you need to be pissed at Sean McVay. He's the guy who didn't oh, have yeah. his team ready to play on 10 days oh, yeah. rest to play a dog shit team in his building trying to get home field on the playoffs, and he gets beat by, a, by an 0-13 team. And, but but yeah. the thing that surprised me was that deep ball that May broke up, why aren't you going for the 55-yarder there to tie the game? I mean, that seemed like the, 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 right. the smart play. Yeah. And I, I couldn't I believe it when I saw them coming out to run a yep. play. Um, yep. So, you know, again, whole different ball game. But uh, I, I, uh, I heard on uh, Move the Sticks podcast, which is Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks earlier today, that – Frank Bush was with the Rams during Jared Goff's rookie year, which Jared Goff's rookie year was probably his worst statistical year, and he didn't look like the player he is now. So that could have been a reason why the defense had a good amount of success against the offensive line on Sunday, which I thought was pretty cool. So I'm happy to see Frank Bush succeeding. But Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, listen um, – it, it, it was nice to see, you know, to see the good individual efforts, of course. And, you know, as I've said, Nathan Shepard had a great game. 
Yeah. What? Sorry, who? Nathan Shepard. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's he had a great game. Best game of the year. Yeah, he was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, listen, they they played well, and you know, listen, this is <laughs> unfortunately it's fourteen this is the weeks too late. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, this is the team I support, so I wish all the players yep. well individually. Um, you know, the other ironic thing is that when you look at the number of guys on this team who are not under contract for next year, you know, like, half the team is gone next barren. year anyway. Yeah. You know, it's not even yeah. like uh, you're, you're, you've got a nucleus of 15 guys in place. and You know, you've got a couple good players and then a bunch of dudes who are going to be gone next year. But um, I'd say less than listen, ten safe players for the for next year's roster. Less than ten that are locks. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to figure. Going to be building from figure, the ground up. Yeah, you got to figure most of the rookies from this year are they'll get a second year. Absolutely. Um, yep. But yeah, beyond that, <clears throat> you know, this of course there's some guys I'd like to see back. <clears throat> you know, I wouldn't mind see Perryman back. Um, I think I the interesting one to me is Herndon, who by the way, let's give him some credit, huh? The Jets finally throw him the damn yeah. ball. I've been calling know, for it all right? year. I don't give a shit with the drops. People, oh, I keep, why yep. would you throw him the ball? He keeps dropping it. You're 32nd in the league in offense. Like, you can't you gotta get You got to give it to somebody. Take, yeah, yeah, pick exactly. the guy who is one of your most – pick the guy who is one of the most talented pass catchers and let him work through his issues. So, yep. they finally – he finally sees more than one or two targets and has himself a nice game. So he's he's one of the more interesting guys because I, there, there's got to be a couple of smart GMs out there who are like, hey man, if we can if we can steal Chris Herndon for a sixth rounder, um, let's go. You They'll know, be looking but I would, I, over that. Absolutely. My 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 hope is that a new coach who comes in looks at his rookie year film and says this guy can play. Like he's he's a part of right. my future. Um, yep. Especially and, and if again, they keep Darnold. Yeah. I think that oh, would be God, good. Yeah. It, it's just always a good help. The interesting one Absolutely. to me is Crowder because he's owed a lot of money. He is yeah. Sam's best weapon as far as chemistry. So if they move on from Sam, I mean, do they move on from Crowder? I asked this to Alex last week, and we both kind of said it's iffy, depending on if you keep Darnold or not. I think he should walk if they move on to save $10.5 million. But if you keep Darnold, you, got, you might have to keep him around just because of the potential that is already there. Yeah, I, I think the thing with Crowder, I think he stays because they have so much cap space. Like if they needed, mm-hmm. if they needed space, I think he'd be in trouble. But they don't, right. you know, depending on how they spend. But listen, I, I look at you know the money they have to spend, the free agents they're going to go after. I mean, think about this for a second. Whether Darnold, let's let's say they stick with Darnold, and let's say they throw enough money at Joe Tooney to bring him in. And then you draft mm-hmm. you draft Penny Sewell at right tackle. Now all of a sudden you got Beckton, Thune, uh, McGovern in the middle, and a right tackle who many people are saying is going to be as good as Beckton. And then listen, whether it's Cam Clark, Alex, Lewis, whoever at right guard, that's four offensive linemen who were you know upper echelon like all pro caliber. Well, McGovern not really all pro caliber. He's he's an above average guy. So you'd have an above-average center, two potential all-pro tackles, and an all-pro left guard. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, listen, and this, this is one of the sticking points with me with Darnold. Uh, for my money, and people can disagree if they want, um, Darnold is a better player than Mark Sanchez. Like, you compare their rookie yeah. years, Mark Sanchez yeah. had an all-world line. He had, he had Dustin Keller. He had LaDainian Tomlinson. 
He had Santonio yeah, Holmes. Good running backs. Yep. And he threw 12 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. Like, Sanchez sucked. Okay, then oh, you look yeah. at Darnold, who had Robbie Anderson and Chris Herndon, who didn't really come out until late in the season. And his touchdown to interception ratio, much better. Completion percentage, much better. QB rating, better. To me, Darnold is the better player. And I look at how far the team was able to go with Mark Sanchez at quarterback because they had the O-line to do it and the defense, of course. Um, yeah. And I feel like if you, if you can build a line like the one I just described, you might be able to win with Sanchez. You might be able to win with anybody. I mean, to be honest. If you, you yeah, really, just, yeah. Yeah, so listen. You just have all day to about, throw. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But plenty to talk about uh, for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Just play the Browns this week. Uh, if they <laughs> if they win that game, that's just going to be hilarious. Uh, oh yeah. I don't. I don't hey, see I, it I happening. I like to spoil Cleveland's chances. I mean, that's kind of. Excuse me. I know. I know. Fans like to play spoiler towards the end of the year, and I was kind of hoping we could do it with Las Vegas. I don't think we'll get to do it with this win over the Rams. But I mean, I don't like the Browns personally, so I wouldn't hate it. Then again. I really don't care if the Jets win or lose. I'm just here for the draft pick. If we can yeah. somehow get back to that number one spot, I'm going to be the biggest Gardner Minshew or uh, Mike Glennon supporter this weekend. I hope Trubisky turns back into the shell that he is, and he's just not good this weekend. So let's go Jacksonville. <laughs> All right, Dylan, thanks for, uh, thanks for calling in. Alex, hopefully we'll be Absolutely. back with us next week. And uh, – uh, <clears throat> Jets Browns this week. Uh, who wins? Listen, if uh, if Jacksonville loses, it doesn't really matter. But if Jacksonville wins, man, you got You got to hope the Jets. Uh, you got to hope Cleveland gets the Jets back into that number one spot. But uh, let's try to let's try to regain some sanity here, folks. Uh, this team sucks. They usually do. Uh, just come to grips with the fact they're probably never going to win anything. But um, you know that that that's one thing that does make it hard, Dylan. Is it? I said to someone the other day, I said, at least, you know, under normal circumstances, if you're in the States watching this team, you're going to games, you're going to bars, there's camaraderie, there's friendships. Uh, damn, none of that living in the UK. But I'm still here, still going to watch this team stink it up. Hopefully they find a way to turn it around. Thanks for tuning in this week, and uh, we'll catch you next week, Jets fans. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at JetNationRadio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets!